0: What up dope black family hey and nini here hey. for the last one, got some new content you know the routine so go ahead and record all of them and share them on all my timelines so this first one oh it's going to use up a whole 30 minutes plus song it's uh 41 minutes and 11 seconds see the title line here blacksmith news it says uh don't bring this shit to the birds. don't try because you gonna die <laughs> okay let's see what brother last talking about i love his titles babe
1: What the fuck is that? They don't ransack the down first. That ain't black folks. That's the important mm-hmm. part. Talk about the future better. No. 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 When you Okay. So, e yeah. aí Oh hmm. yeah. card you there. Know. Thank <laughs> you. I'm going to go Okay. Okay. i know it's like that That's like yeah. a high i Oh, yeah. it was you see some so Thank <laughs> you. That's yes, how I work. <laughs> home. <laughs> Okay. Oh. Gracias. Let's So, yeah. okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give them that uh, in the transfer. Go to the 18th. We're go away long
0: Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the Moment of Truth. Yesterday, a couple of folks didn't like the comment that I posted on Twitter about the attempted murder of Ralph Jarl. Since there's new people who are coming across the black media every day, this is pretty much understandable. There's a lot of folks who don't actually know the backstory on why we take the stances that we take, including when it comes to black people who have been the victims of what are unquestionably racial attacks. First of all, as the Black Grassroots, we don't go on the warpath for the families of these murders, or in the case of the child Ralph, attempted murder, without first waiting to see how the family is going to react to all this. Too many times we have gone ahead and put on the cake, and we have done a hell of a lot of speaking up for these families, only to see that they turn right around and start backsliding and say, oh, it wasn't about race, or forgive, forgive, forgive. We have had the families of these black victims kick us in the teeth enough times where we decided, you know what, let's wait and see what they're going to say, and then let's see if they stick to it. Too many families come out, and they'll say one or two things that sound encouraging at first, and then next thing you know, in comes mushmouth crump or sleaze marriage, and all of a sudden we start getting this mamby-pamby talk, or worse than that, forgive. Is the family on code is what we wait to see. That takes time. And from what I've seen of Ralph Jarl's mother and aunt, they're not on code. That doesn't make what happened to the child any less wrong or the attempted murderer any less deserving of punishment. But it does affect whether I decide to make a crusade out of this. Some of you, a number of you, in fact, are new to the new voices of black media. You're certainly new to me. So you still react instinctively as the white media has conditioned you to when an event like this occurs. Let me explain to you why I'm not, and let me also explain to you some of the other comments I made in my Twitter tweet. Obviously, this wrinkled-up racist is guilty as hell. There's no question about that. He can't claim that he was under threat because he had his door locked, and he fired shots through his own locked door. All of this was known to the police when they came out to the scene of this attempted murder. Now, the would-be killer wasn't arrested the night of the incident. Instead, the thugs in blue out there in Missouri asked him a few questions. And then released them now there's been a number of instances where black homeowners were actually threatened by white offenders on their own property and when these black homeowners defended themselves the black homeowners were the ones charged and sent to prison like john harris white of long island new york he protected his family from a violent gang of white young men who had attacked his teenage son but they sent him to prison by the way the nra they didn't stick up for mr white Neither did anyone on Fox News or right-wing hate radio. Interesting how it always works out that way. Now, fortunately, the attempt on Ralph Yarol's life failed, and the child was released from the hospital last Saturday. But needless to say, he is looking at a very long recovery period. The geriatric gunman who tried to murder him was missing for hours yesterday, right after the DA announced that they would be bringing charges. But a last report he's no longer on the loose. But the community wasn't safe for very long, because no matter what the authorities claimed to be doing in front of the cameras, as soon as they got behind closed doors, on code, white supremacy kicked in. The killer was released a mere three hours after he turned himself in. He was given bond, and now he's at home, just like he was the day before yesterday, as if nothing had happened. We already know what his legal defense is going to be. He's already trying to claim that he was afraid for his life. And given that the charges are assault and not attempted murder, it shows the fix is already in. But it's the family of Ralph Jarl that I have my focus on because that family has spoken out and it's been his mother and his aunt. And rather than talking about the clearly racial nature of this attack or talking about how much prison time this would-be killer should get, instead their entire discourse has been about emotions and feelings. When watching their interviews, I had to check a few times to make sure that I was watching the right people, because I couldn't believe there was them. I thought for sure I must be watching the wrong folks in the wrong video. This must be somebody else they're talking about. But it wasn't. Now, let's get the obvious out of the way. The child, Ralph Jarl, as well as his mother and aunt, are immigrants. They've been making the rounds on TV, and frankly, neither the mother or the aunt seems to be taking the situation too seriously, in my opinion. The aunt did an interview with Joke Reed, and Reed made it a point to gush over how adorable she thought that Jarl is.
1: Um, you are such an incredible advocate for your adorable, adorable nephew. Please tell us about him. What is he like? Oh, my gosh. Can we just take a second and just acknowledge how much love he's receiving? See that how she's just showing beautiful. that damn ring.
0: I don't recall her ever getting all that mushy about any other black child who's been killed. Gotta wonder why this case makes her so sentimental. Also in tow was Mushmouth Crump, who Reed called her brother.
1: Ben Crump, my friend, my brother, we we come together to do this far
0: too often. Well, they're both certainly peas in a pod, I'll say that. Mushmouth Crump, of course, didn't really spend any time on the racial aspect of this. Instead, he said it was about gun violence. As part of his adult brain rant about saving the children, oh, what's this country coming to? The odds, on the other hand, she just beamed and smiled about how much love Jarl is receiving and how beautiful it all is, as if this was all some sort of wonderful thing. I wish I was making this up. Now, there's something that I want to say because this is important. There's a crucial part that black women can play when incidents like this come up. Black women are usually the ones where the white media will run up to and put a camera in front of their faces whenever a black person is killed or harmed by some white supremacists, precisely because experience has shown them that a number of black women will respond like this. It's important for everyone to be on code, especially black women, because the white media thinks that they found a soft target by putting a camera in front of you. Talking about feelings and emotions has no place in the conversation when a black person has been harmed. When they come up to you, do not talk about feelings or emotions. That's off code as hell. The only thing you should ever say is life in prison. Not justice, not accountability. You say life in prison. Because in this case, neither the aunt nor the mother said anything about prison at all. But worse than that, at no point did they ever say the word black. of the thing that stuck on my mind the most. I waited to hear that word from either one of them, and I didn't hear it at all. The closest that the aunt came to saying black was that it was a blank and you will mention about the color of his skin. Jarl's mother, Cleo Nagby, talked about how the boy had buckets of tears falling from his eyes. His aunt went on about how a part of Ralph Jarl died that day. I mean, seriously, this is hardly the time for that kind of romance novel flowery prose that they were doing. The way that they were talking, they seem to be trying to make it basically about them by osmosis. Oh, we're talking about how lovely it is. Don't you understand? We can bask in the warm glow of this, too. And it doesn't help that they're both being represented, if it can be called that, by Slees merit. He was talking about how black and criminal are treated as synonymous words in America. Maybe that's because we have people like Sleaze who run around saying that black America has a rape culture. Since his would-be gubernatorial campaign flamed out, I wish him well as he goes back to chasing ambulances full-time. Sleaze isn't making an appointment to demand prison either. Instead, he's talking the same old shop-worn merit stump speech like he always does about how black men are seen as a threat. So you understand that this is going in a bad direction already. Now, I'm gonna say this next part, and you can hate it if you want, but the way the mother and Otter are behaving comes off like they're putting on a performance. Your child is shot, your nephew is nearly killed, has a bullet in his head, and your reaction is to go on TV and smile and make nice? As if a terrible tragedy hadn't happened, you're talking about, all oh, the love, the love. The mother's talking about how English classes bored him because they weren't college level. This is what they thought it was appropriate to go and say in front of the cameras. They spent more time talking about how President Biden called them than they did talking about either race in this matter or punishment for the attacker. And to the extent that they even talked about the crime, they made sure to not address the undeniably racial nature of this crime or to voice any anger. And why would they do that? Who are they trying not to offend? The city, perhaps? Maybe Sleaze will try to go for a settlement against the city for not having arrested this would-be murderer until after the national media picked up the story. That's possible. Or maybe all the smiling and talking about nothing but feelings is because their GoFundMe has already collected over $3 million in only two days. And look who it is who organized this GoFundMe. It's the smiling aunt, Faith Spoonmore. She's the one who organized this GoFundMe. Is this what she means by an outpouring of love? Is this what she means? Is this why she's smiling so much? Best not to come off as angry, right? Well, that might make some of those white liberals think twice about donating. Is that what's going on? I don't know if it is, but you got to wonder. You know, given the way that they're behaving, it's very hard to say that this doesn't smell and sound like a finesse. I'm not seeing the indignation, the outrage, and frankly, the justifiable anger that I would expect. I mean, who smiles and talks about feelings and love because their nephew was shot twice, once in the head, and nearly died? Who in the world does that? Neither Jarl's aunt nor his mother used the word black at all in their interviews, and I don't think that's an accident. The interviewers asked them about the racial aspect of it, but only Slees merit would answer that, and what he said wasn't much of an answer at all. The odd simply said color of his skin, Sleaze merit said black, so they're trying to just keep a distance between themselves and that word. About the most that the odd was willing to do when it came to punishment was give this watered-down request that she wants justice to look the same across the board, that she wants equality. She actually said that, by the way. It reminds me of George Floyd's brother. When he gave a few interviews, he talked to some of the authorities, and what he spouted was this weird gibberish about how he wanted justice for his brother, but that's as much as he said justice was the only word that he needed to say. I'm like, did somebody advise you just to use the word justice? Don't go any farther than just Just say, I want justice. Who the hell goes that far to talk around the word instead of coming up the middle? Who does that? And what does justice look like, huh? Well, for Biden's DOJ, justice looks like promising the families of these murder victims one thing and then going into court and telling the court to ignore the families and give the murderers a sweetheart plea deal. If you don't clearly say what justice is and then get in the face of these racist white supremacist prosecutors and do battle for your family, then they will decide what justice is. And it won't be punishment. Now, if all you're looking for is a settlement from the city or perhaps donations for the family, then perhaps that might be good enough for you, but it wouldn't be good enough for me. We've seen more outrage and action taken to have this murderer put in prison by a bunch of high school kids. Jarl's own classmates, a bunch of other kids have done more to voice their anger and outrage than the aunt or the mother have. And that's the reason why I'm not doing that. This is not a matter of, I lend my voice to putting pressure on the city so that a settlement can get done. This is not about getting any money. This is about making sure these white supremacists get put in a cage where they belong. That's what this is about. Now, before we go any farther, obviously the family's equivocation on all this doesn't make what happened any less heinous or demanding of punishment. But I do have a question about where the tethers are at. They push the lie that the white supremacist violence against black people is justified. Oh, you always got a Candace Owens or some other tether who's pulling that mess. Oh, black people get justice, the tethers say, no matter what the courts decide. We constantly have tethers telling us that they are so organized and why they got their act together and they stand up for themselves and are so hardworking, etc. Yet whenever immigrants like Amadou Diallo or Patrick Dorsman or Kai Gurley or Botham Jean and others are murdered, the tethers are nowhere to be seen. We are the only ones who show up, and if we don't show up, nobody does. Too many black immigrants are only too eager to deny the racial reality of America, that is, until the reality kills one of them, then all of a sudden they try to invoke our history and claim that, oh, well, you see, this is all part of a consistent pattern, you see. Racism doesn't exist until it reaches out and touches one of them. The white media reports frequently that there's so many Africans and Caribbean immigrants in the US that they're the fastest growing group within the black community. Just keep in mind, a lot of them do not describe themselves as black. Well, I think this is a good opportunity for them to make their presence known. No more of this sitting back and waiting for us to put pressure on the authorities. That's their task. Cannot outsource the heavy lifting they're supposed to be doing to strangers. Even if the family weren't immigrants, they still can't shirk their responsibility to take the lead and fight for justice harder than anyone. Instead, all the interviews are just like the families of both Botham Jean and Trayvon Martin and every other black, I'm sorry, I mean person of color, whose family said that they wanted justice. All they got was to see the killer Walker get a slap on the wrist. See, that's the lesson of the Ahmaud Arbery murder. Both of his parents led the charge to make sure the murderers were punished, even going to battle against the crooked Biden DOJ who was trying to cut the killers a sweetheart plea deal. See, both of John's parents didn't regard the Biden administration as their pals, which explains why Joe Biden didn't even try to call Ahmaud Arbery's family and schmooze them like he did Ralph Yarrow's family. See, the Arbery family understood that Biden was their adversary. They didn't make nice with him, They took on Biden and his corrupt DOJ, and they beat Kristen Clark down in open court. They forced their will on the justice system. And that's what I mean when I say that as Black people, we will have to make this system do things it wasn't designed to do. It wasn't designed to produce justice. It was designed to produce a guaranteed outcome of incarcerating Black people and ignoring crime by other select groups. I know we have many immigrant folks in the black grassroots, many of you who listen to me, and I know that you're not down with the bull. So when we talk about the behavior of a number of African and Caribbean immigrants when they get to the U.S., obviously we're not making a blanket statement about all. After all, we do have a lot of black Americans who also play the fool for white power in the hopes of not offending anyone who they think they can get some crumbs from. Part of being on code, is not trying to make people comfortable when black people are harmed. But when the mother and aunt of a victim of white supremacist violence get on camera and they're smiling and talking about love and their feelings and they won't say the word black, it's real hard for somebody to tell me that I need to be putting out more effort to get justice for this crime than they've been putting out. So while we can all agree that this racist creep should go down for this Let's also agree that we're showing far more outrage, anger, and demands for punishment than the family has. And that is no laughing matter. Good day and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Jacques, Daryl, Cedric Edwidge, Fanfan Durand, and Richard Allen Lovell. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you.